This Stormy Daniels payment has turned out to be the loudest hush money in history. And during his Kings of Dementia comedy tour, Julian... <laughs> Giuliani also said that the hush money was, quote, funneled through a law firm. Dude, funneled is not typically a word innocent people use when talking about money. No one says, yeah, my grandma funneled me $5 in my birthday card. Isn't there a Stormy Daniels joke after that, though? I thought he made a joke after that. Anywho, I thought that was funny. The Kings of Dementia uh, tour. <laughs> That's harsh. It is. Boy, those videos from from uh, Hawaii are amazing. Of course, all your uh, TV news are leading with it. Uh, Honey, the, 7 the ground shows, is on fire. Because, I mean, how good is the video of a big pile of... of uh, Molten lava coming up on a car parked on a road. I mean, uh, that's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. The ground is on fire. That's not supposed to happen, except in Hawaii, I guess. But I feel like my years of playing the floor as lava as a child would have prepared me for such a situation. Yep, you're absolutely right. You jump on the couch. Mm-hmm. You jump from the couch to right. the footstool. Right. Thank God you're saved. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many of you people saw the movie Blue Hawaii? It was very good, Elvis. I would be ready for, of course, lava or alligators. Either one. As a child, I prepared daily. Right? Yeah. The alligator pit. <laughs> Menacing. Uh, so, listen, you've probably heard about this uh, a little bit. China's new system for controlling its population, essentially. It's like a credit rating for everything. You're, it's a social credit score. Not only how are you doing financially, are you paying your debts, that sort of thing, but everything you do. Everything you search on, everything you buy, every act, every parking ticket will raise or lower your social standing score with the communist government. Winston Smith in 1984 would have said, holy cow, that's too much. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're wow, really getting Googling good at this. That, is. Okay. But, <laughs> that was a bit of a Dennis Miller-like joke. Um, uh, th- that is incredible. And we've been saying this for a long time. The, the tools that are available... To the modern totalitarian government. I mean, Stalin would have thought, you can do that? Um, right. Oh, he's the main character from 1984. I really got to read that book. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's a good book. It's, it's a little long. It's uh, government bad, freedom good. I mean, if you're <laughs> looking for the Cliffs Notes. But, um, but, you know, they used to tap phones or send, you know, have to have your neighbors turn on you. God, the government can get into everything now. Yeah, please. But it's crazier than that. The one, I spent a lot of my college years i spent a lot of my college years doing a lot of stuff that i'm not necessarily willing to talk about but what i was there for was you know studying different governments and different governmental systems around the world and and foreign policy and the one thing you learn is that if you don't understand the domestic politics of a country you can't understand their foreign policy because one flows from the other. And great example. And this is really a good piece, and we will have it linked for you at uh, armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. But they do a really good job of talking about Chinese society and, and, and you know, the, the story behind the story. So I'll just hit you with kind of uh, various aspects of this. Let's, let's pretend uh, this is happening in America. Here's how it works. A few months ago, you accidentally missed your payment on your phone bill. Mistake affects your credit score. It's hard to get a loan. You've been making jokes about Marco Rubio on Twitter. The algorithms define you as some sort of libertarian loon. 
Another sort of person likely to default on social obligations. So that will actually lower your score. After a couple of close friends miss their student loan repayments, you can't even travel. Your social circle is all now discredited. There'd be some truth to that. I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to bring that to America. But uh, people whose friends don't pay their bills, you probably hang around in a crowd like that. I'm guessing maybe. I don't know. Yeah, tends to be or tends wait to not a minute. Be. Yeah, wait a minute. Now. I don't think it's a good idea, but yeah. apparently China does. Yeah, I'm just thinking about, I had a, a lovely weekend, a number of social gatherings, which were great fun, and uh, and, and I'm thinking about the, you know, the people I was hanging out with, they're really nice folks and all, but I don't know if they pay their bills or not. I think well, you they do. certainly shouldn't have to worry about well, it. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't want to worry about it. What they do shouldn't have any effect on you. Um, so the 2014 state council resolution in China, which said this is all going to go 100% online in 2020, all residents, uh, it promises that every involuntary participant will be rated according to their, quote, commercial sincerity, social security, trust breaking, and judicial credibility. Now, this is the part I found really interesting because I hadn't heard it before. A lot of Chinese people are welcoming it. Because their society is so completely corrupt and uh, and and uh, what does they say endemic corruption, political upheaval, not knowing what you can count on because communist doctrine changes, blah blah blah. They have an endemic lack of trust. Frequent incidents of the bystander effect: people refusing to help injured strangers because they fear they'll be held responsible, mm, become a national well, embarrassment. Yeah. We're headed that direction. Yeah, even the. Uh, even the most enthusiastic middle-class supporters of the ruling Communist Party feel perpetually insecure. Quote, uh, this is from the uh, vice chairman of the party's National Development and Reform Commission, said, fraud has become ever more common. Swindlers must pay a price. So they have an enormous crisis of trust in China where you can't trust anybody, government officials, merchants, whatever. And so... They're thinking, yeah, if there's a score that keeps track of all the good and bad people do, yeah, I'd kind of like to know. So that's that's wild. So that's one be, thing you never hear about. It'll China. be public information, like I would be able to look up your number? That I don't know. The The government absolutely will know. Well, yeah. Whether I can look up yours. Um, Seems like I the only way you I think if you're going to yeah, enter into a transaction, you'd, you know. Seems like the only way, if you're trying to affect society's trust, would be if you could... Look up the number on old Jim before you do business with him. Yeah. Oh, he's an 85. Oh, he'll be fine. Yeah. Well, here's the unholy, well, the really odd part of this unholy system. is well, that, a, No, she's she's a 25. I'm not going to have sex with her and then and then try to write up a legal agreement to, to she will keep her mouth shut afterwards because she's, she's got a 23. Right, right. So what's weird about this is that Ant Financial, which is the finance arm of the e-commerce giant Alibaba, which is the Chinese eBay, more or less, um, or Chinese Amazon, I should say. They're piloting this credit company that does most of this and the government is piggybacking on. Um, and they offer, this is, it's such a great example. It's um, 1984 combined with Brave New World in which they offer a range of perks like travel upgrades and deposit-free car rentals to top scorers. So if you tow the line, you're a good person, and the rest of it, then you get, you know, you get a business class airline tickets. But that's wild that, uh, you know, 
you cheat on your girlfriend, it could make it more expensive to rent a car. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, isn't that nutty? The company says even innocuous activities like, uh, they're making the point that it's a really opaque system and nobody's quite sure how, well, it's like Facebook and their al- algorithms. Senator, I'll have my team get back to you on that, says the evil, evil uh, robot. Oh, uh, the company says even innocuous activities like late night web browsing or buying video games could see one's rank downgraded for irresponsible behavior. Wow. So what is this going to do to society? They're trying to hmm. So the wrinkle you've added to this. I've read a lot about this. I knew all about it. The wrinkle you've added to this is that people are welcoming it. Yes. That's what's surprising to me. I thought oh, yeah. this was something the government's just putting on them, and people obviously smartly would hate it, but no, they like it. But Do the, they have to welcome it? Otherwise, it affects their social credit yes. score? <laughs> yes, there Sean. You go. Sean, you're absolutely right. Good yeah. freaking point. You're showing a bad attitude. It was Very like a good point. making jokes about Marco Rubio, which was an odd example. I'm not sure why they included that in this article, but anyway, yeah. That's an excellent point. Who's going to say, no, I hate this system? Out loud to a pollster. Nobody. Can't afford to. Nobody. But so, if you stay up late at night searching the web for, you know, just dumb stuff. Sure. He stayed up till three in the morning watching cat in the bathtub videos. Cool. This is not somebody you want to sell a house See, to. now I'm in favor of it. <laughs> <laughs> the good behavior part of this equation is equally odd and subjective. Now, Sesame Credit, and there's government examples a little later, but... They're upgrading customers who purchase curtains or diapers, which suggest a certain middle-class stability. I'm thinking my mom would get the highest score ever on this. Well, and... <laughs> Just going to have a bunch of single dudes buying diapers trying to game the system. Well, right. Oh, and, and we'll get to gaming the system, too, because that part's really interesting. But that's the weird part, because Alibaba has a profit motive as well. And the communist government, of course, is going to have a revenue motive and a stability motive. If you do things like buy curtains, you get upgraded. And I wonder how far they'll go. Uh, washes this, the, all the dishes every night or lets them pile up for a couple of days before he puts them, puts them in the dishwasher. I wonder. Yeah, because they could probably that, monitor your dishwasher. Does that get out? Now, you remember China's one-child policy, famously, when a lot of us were growing up and uh, until fairly recently. Well, now they have incredible demographic problems in China. What, you think? That nobody ever talks about this. They're, they're so upside down. They're, well, they're like Japan. They got way too many old people, not nearly enough babies. Um, How did they think the one-child policy was going to turn out? Well, the key is stopping it before you're incredibly upside down. And they didn't because they're dirty, dirty commies. But they're talking about... Uh, they want more two-child families, and so if they see women engaged in things that are not having kids or getting married, et cetera, et cetera, they will be downgraded, and they will be rewarded for doing settling downy type things. Um, and you know they make some obvious points about you know if you're seen at a protest or anything like that, you get really hammered. So it will absolutely be a tool for the totalitarian. Of course, but, of course it will. Yeah. If you thought you couldn't go to a Tea Party rally or a Bernie Sanders rally or whatever because it's going to make it more expensive to rent a car. Here's another part of the thing. Everybody's trying to spin, you know, China's the great rising power. And, and there's absolutely some truth to that. But they never talk about things like this. Few have considered how vulnerable the system is to the corruption, con artistry and incompetence that plagues much of Chinese society. Who will have access to the data? How much will they be able to use and abuse it? 
Will it be shared between ministries and departments or jealously guarded? Can it be manipulated, uh, faked, stolen? Well, it absolutely will be manipulated or faked. If you've got an opponent of some sort, you come up with a bad score, make up some crap. Well, and already on social media, there are clever youngsters saying, hey, can we click farm this, do you think? You know, pay somebody, because if you look at those click farms, what they do is incredibly cheap, because they use, you know, computers to do it for you. I could get, you know, a company to do, you know, 150 clicks that says Joe's a great guy, he, you know, he pays his golf debts, and he, he keeps Ooh, his floors clean. You know, we're going to get downgraded for breaking so late. Oh, The government is kept oh, on the no. fact that we talked five minutes longer than we were supposed to. Now I get to that, I can't rent a car. <laughs> you buy Damn a house, it. you're going to pay a lot more on your insurance rate. Just because I, but this is interesting. Mr. Mr. Chairman, I submit to you this, oh, now you're complaining, Mr. Getty. Now you're yelling at the chairman. Ding! Now you can't even write one of the rent one of those bikes in one of the racks. What the? Did you just what the me? I'll take your feet next. And you comply, Jack. That's how it works. Let your hair get too long. You lose a couple of points on your score. Thanks. Wearing socks with holes in them. That's clearly a point on your score. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Woman arrested for blowing up the microwave at a 7-Eleven. She was heating up a uh, jug of urine, it turned out. Because mm. she was on her way to a... Uh, oh, like a hot Coca-Cola. Cold urine is no good. She was on her way to a um, potential employer, and she needed some warm urine. Mm. That didn't have marijuana in it. Ah, yes. Or any other drugs. Clean pee, as they say. So she had gotten this somewhere, but it was too cold, fresh out of the fridge, so she heated it up in the 7-Eleven microwave. For some reason, it made the microwave explode. I know what heats things up. A microwave. So Anyway, she's been arrested. (laughs) Wow. Her inner voice, as portrayed by Sean. Very nicely done. Coming up, a man decides to take a selfie with a bear. I probably don't need to finish that story for you, but Mm. I will. Uh, final note on the China thing, if I might. This is a really good bit of writing by uh, Robert Hunwick. And we, again, we've posted this article for you. It's a good read at armstrongandgetty.com hot links. To work effectively, social credit requires Chinese citizens to place complete trust in both their unaccountable government and vast cartel-like corporations. A secretive scheme that proposes to codify credibility within a society that inherently lacks any is more likely to undermine public trust than instill it. You think? Yeah. And it's going to be required of everybody starting in a year and a half. Tell you what, stability in a government and a society is incredibly hard to achieve. And China is about to get shaky. Put up a tent in the backyard. Kids have been wanting to do that. Went to the Target, bought a very cheap tent, mm. really cheap, put it up in the backyard. They were thrilled. Well, you want, you want instant fun? That supposedly fits four people. It'd be pretty crowded. I can there, picture but. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four-person tent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I. You know what? That is fun. That is oh, instant fun. Oh, they were fun. thrilled. Well, it's, it's the uh, couch cushion fort times ten. Mm. It's an actual fort. You know, I wouldn't, like, fight Indians from it, but, you know, it's a fort. 
Tents are a pain to set up or can be. Oh, boy, not this the was modern an easy tent. One? Are you kidding me? I was about to Ugh. say, my, my kids were amazed that I put it up without the instructions. I said, please, you know how many of these I've put up? For yeah. you. You don't even remember it. Um, uh, yeah, the modern tent you can put up in like two minutes. Wow. Well, we, I guess, uh, what, uh, when, when did the modern era of tent making begin? We didn't even have tents. We, we, went, to the, we went to the mountains. We took well, a saw and we cut down a tree and we uh, built it. I, I, I was, had to skin an elk to make my lean to. <laughs> well, I was telling my wife, who's considerably younger than me, so she laughed at me, that tents when I was a kid were canvas with wood poles. So oh, my. No, were, we were more modern than that. It just, there was a pole that had to go through the top. Yeah. It was a pain. But it was a big tent. It was like a family tent. Mm. So anyway, they, really, multiple they really, really enjoyed it. I had it. the canvas wood pole tenting experience, too. It was it was obviously from the previous generation, but my yeah. dad brought it out, and like it looked like a fortune teller tent. I mean, yeah. this thing was crazy. Yeah. Nice. It looked like something that... Uh, Better hope it doesn't rain. <laughs> you know, Lawrence Arabia would set up yeah. as he was yeah. having a meeting. Um, campfire? No, we did not have a campfire, but they had... Uh, I didn't realize they had been preparing for this tent. They had a big bucket of rocks and a big bucket of sand to put out the fire because they've seen oh, wow. fire safety on some the wild crats or something. Excellent. Somewhere. So they were ready to go, but we did not build a campfire last night. I appreciate the uh, the attention to uh, to fire safety as a guy who owns a little property in the uh, the pine forests. So good for them. Uh, they had a microwave to know, keep their urine warm. Well, they were, they were going to spend the night in the tent on Saturday night, but a couple of uh, questionable decisions on their part mm. led to a uh, punishment that included not having a, an overnight in the tent. Much the like the Chinese system of credits and discredits. Yeah, and I've only got so many cards I can play with uh, things that matter to them, I've yeah. noticed. Yeah. But one of them was uh, taking away their overnight in the tent, which made them very, very mad. Well, well, then don't go sneaking candy bars out of the pantry. Oh, my. And we find wrappers all over the house. Actions have consequences. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, though. For instance, posing uh, for a selfie with a bear. But more on that later. Yeah. The elliptical machine did not make it. This is not a shock to anyone, including me. Did not make it. <laughs> From the barn into the house so that I could start exercising oh regularly. My. That what? was such a good plan. But it made it halfway. What? I got it about halfway. Got it about 30 yards closer to the house. I had the cleans, the kids clean off the uh, spider webs and the black widows and everything like that. So nice. hopefully in the next year or two. You had your it, children deal with the poisonous spiders? <laughs> yes. Was this more punishment? <laughs> you're, you're more like the Chinese government than I knew. <laughs> uh, but uh, trying to get the exercise equipment from the garage or wherever into the house is uh, something I think we all struggle with. So and is then it out of doors at this point? It's sitting outside. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't rain. I see. <laughs> I got a great elliptical machine. I actually bought it from a uh, gym. It's a commercial grade. Yeah. But it weighs as much as a car. Yes. I've got one of those, too. It's great. Yeah. It's really, really good. But it's so damned heavy and hard to move. Yeah. <laughs> I'd been sitting out in the barn for three years or something like that. Um, well, and that's then, halfway. And then when I, once I get it in the house, what's the likelihood I use it on a regular basis? Well, that's still out there. I think uh, if you're going to look at national polls for buying exercise equipment and how often it gets used, it'd be somewhere near zero. One day at a time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Trump's legal advisor, Alan Dershowitz, warning to the Trump team, you're hurting the president's defense. Good one, because he's been on the president's side a lot lately. Yep. Arizona Senator John McCain planning his own funeral, who's invited and who is not, and we got a Big Mac record that could stand for all time. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Gettin. Number Eaton? Number Eaton. I might be willing to take on that challenge. I like me a Big Mac. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The news media 
so maddening. Here's our good friends at the Washington Examiner, and we like them, but the headline got my attention. Supreme Court rumor mill in overdrive on Anthony Kennedy retirement. I thought, ooh, what's going on? Then there's nothing in the article to show you that there's any indication that he's any more likely to retire now than he was two years ago or two years from now. When people were talking about the rumor mill being in overdrive over him retiring. Right. Yeah. Nothing. It's just completely a made-up story. Yeah. It's fine. That's fine. That's what that's that's what that's what it is. It is what it is. Uh, should we get the news now with Marshall Phillips? Yeah, yeah go back. I'm sorry. Coming up, the most promising treatment for uh, depression in 50 years, they say. Wow. Are they making it up? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> is it booze? Is the rumor mill uh, about Anthony Kennedy uh, making you depressed? Stay with us. President Trump worried that the Russian investigation may continue long enough that it will wrongfully impact November's midterms. In a tweet this morning, Trump said... Is this phony witch hunt going to go on even longer so it wrongfully impacts those midterm elections, which is what the Democrats always intended? Republicans better get tough and smart before it is too late, exclamation We better get tough on the Russians. Who knows what Putin has got planned for 2018? Yeah. Did you see we revived the second fleet? It's the, uh, the, the part of the Navy that patrols the Atlantic and the North Atlantic and keeps Russia in check. Keep an eye on the Ruskies up in the Arctic as well. We disbanded the the fleet because it's not like England is going to attack us. Right. But now the second fleet is back. If I'm Putin, I might lay low during the midterms and uh, bring whatever your latest is for the next presidential race. You know, he was just inaugurated today for his fourth term as uh, the czar of uh, Russia. Congratulations to Vlad. Yes. That's great. The will of the people. Meanwhile, Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz, who is acting as one of the president's informal advisors, says he's concerned members of the Trump administration are not helping the president with the investigation carried out by special counsel Robert Mueller. Mueller, of course, looking into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. It seems to me that the approach last week of the Trump team plays into the hands of Mueller's tactic to try at any cost to try to find technical violations against lower ranking people so that they can be squeezed. Now, Dershowitz was talking about all of the statements being made by the various members of the Trump team, including Rudy Giuliani's aggressive and somewhat confusing statements. He says they're causing more harm than good. The Trump team has to speak with a single narrative. They have to get their story clearly set out. It has to be put in writing. It shouldn't be put on television shows off the cuff. This is not the way to handle a complicated case. Unless they, I don't know if it's a strategy, and this right. is what you you wonder with Trump since day one, right? Whether various things are a strategy, sure, or uh, just you know flailing or, or top of the head or whatever. But is their strategy now that this is, this is more a political issue than a criminal issue, and we need to you know sway the people a certain direction? Sure, seems like that. Yeah. Or is Rudy just you know saying whatever he says? And I haven't heard any legal expert say that Rudy has done nothing but harm. Have you anybody? Have you heard anybody say Rudy has helped things? Oh no, no, no! I've heard nothing but harm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, watching all this unfold, Stormy Daniels' lawyer, Michael uh, Avenatti. Stormy Daniels' agent, who is, promoter, says he is delighted with the way things are going for his client. The more Rudy Giuliani talks, uh, the more Michael Cohen talks, the more statements that the president gives on Air Force One, the better our case gets with each passing day. Your case for what? Exactly. Booking her at strip clubs and making porns. <laughs> 
Arizona Senator John McCain is reportedly planning for his funeral. The New York Times reporting the White House has been notified that Vice President Mike Pence is invited. President Trump is not. Bush, too, and uh, former President Obama set to give the eulogies, we are being told. McCain, of course, battling an aggressive form of brain cancer, is preparing the arrangements at Washington National Cathedral. So he's sitting on his porch there in Arizona and uh, taking visitors. And uh, Joe Biden dropped by and all kinds of different people coming by. John McCain will allow no sentimentality because he hates it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you talk about the old times and friendship, but nobody gets to say goodbye. You just, you know. See you in a while. The New York Times featured him as the author this week. They right. do a featured author every week and ask him a bunch of questions, and it was really interesting. He's a he's a pretty learned man. He had a lot of interesting uh, thoughts on various books throughout history and stuff he's read and uh-huh. what he likes and doesn't like. I was, I was pretty impressed by it. Mm. He's got a new book out. Ah, so uh, back to, we moved on more swiftly than I anticipated. Back to the uh, Trump team and the message and the rest of it. Now, the New York Times is the New York Times and is going to do what the New York Times does, but... They had a uh, investigative piece on old Michael Cohen. Says who? Says me. Uh, everybody he knows is a mobster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody he's done business with has been indicted and/or convicted of fairly major crimes. Oh, really? Yeah, he uh, and he knows a hell of a lot of Russian and Ukrainian yep. mobsters through his wife's family and all sorts of contacts and. Um, just, uh, I tell you what, he is a very, very creative businessman who's made tens of millions of dollars uh, with some really interesting financing. Big into the taxi medallion business. He, they, they lost their hiney uh, with the rise of Uber and Lyft. But it's, I was trying to think of the number, I've peop- a number of people I've known on any level who've been convicted of crimes and done time or fined millions of dollars. It's a very, very short list. Right. With him, it's like everybody he knows. Yes. Yes. And his da- and his uh, his dad was involved in some mob businesses right. and and stuff like that. So you know, and they got a big Ukrainian investor in their taxi business. I yeah, do believe. Oh and, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Very solid garky people. And this is not some sort of suggestion of collusion or anything like that. But this guy is a you know you know how he looks and how he sounds. Well, that's what he is. <laughs> God, who knows where this Trump investigation thing is going to end up? I don't think it's going to end up with they worked with Putin to get elected, but some sort of pretty damaging tax business dealings. Yeah, it'll surprise look me. bad. Yeah. Back to is it politics or justice? It'll be pretty questionable politics. Although. I'm not sure. You know, everybody's attitudes are kind of baked in at this point. But, you know, in Cohen's defense, um, and this is not a great defense, but there are a lot of lines of work and endeavor in New York uh, and New Jersey that if you are in them, you are dealing with the mob. You know, you are doing business with the mob. If you're in construction and waste management and uh, unions and the rest of it in that area, you're doing business with the mob, various mobs. A man known for his love and devotion to the McDonald's Big Mac has set a record. He has eaten his 30,000th burger. Oof. Don Gorski of Wisconsin holds a Guinness World Record now for the most Big Macs consumed. On Friday, he ate that 30,000th Big Mac at the same McDonald's location where he first tried the sandwich back in the early 1970s. I bit into that first Big Mac. It was just so good and... Uh... I just knew I was going to keep eating them all the time, and uh, Did you? Like I say I ate three at the first sitting. I ate three Big Macs and <laughs> threw the cartons in the back seat. 
So the first time yeah, he ever he sound like a carton chucker. He sounds like he sounds like me years ago because I'm from Wisconsin. But um, uh, he sounds like everybody I grew up with. But that's funny. His first Big Mac, he had three. Wow, that's really good. I'm going to go back and have another one. So he's been counting them for yeah. going on 50 years. Yes. What made him decide? You know, what? I'm going to keep track of. I mean, because I could have done. I don't know how many fish sticks I've eaten in my life. I ate four more Saturday night, but uh, <laughs> or hot dogs stick. or whatever. I know. I told my wife. I said, "This is good. Our family food right here. Fish sticks." Huh? Nice. Uh, come on. What, what, what's not to like here? We had fish sticks and tater tots. That's a good Saturday night meal. <laughs> well, just, just start counting like fish sticks, wood. sandwich, and I had it on a hamburger bun with 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 uh, mayonnaise, but my kind of mayonnaise, Miracle Whip. Yeah. Now, when you when you have a salad, is the salad breaded? <laughs> That's a wrap. That is your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. We bread the lettuce and deep fry it. A Quick wh- fry it. A what now? Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's filling enough. <laughs> I need something more filling than that. It's roughage. It keeps the stuff moving through your digestive system. So they got uh, a cure for depression all of a sudden. Well, it's a treatment, and mm-hmm. it looks really promising. And like several other things that are really interesting developments in psychotherapy these days, it's uh, the former party drug, or current party drug. People are more open-minded to sex with robots than you might have thought, and I think that's the direction a lot of artificial intelligence and that sort of thing is probably going as humanity gets weirder and weirder. Mm, Amen to that. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I feel like I want to go to Hawaii and see that volcano. I'm not going to, but I sure would like to. Yeah, what well, a cool thing to from see. From what I understand, you you go to that uh, is it Kilauea National Park or whatever on the Big Island. There's, I don't know. There's always a lava burbling and going a little bit or a lot, hmm. uh, according to my brother who lives over yonder. Um, but so yeah, it's cool. I hear it's crazy. I've never done it. I've just seen videos in all the years he's lived there for some reason. But too busy playing golf and drinking drinks with <laughs> umbrellas in them to go see the natural wonder of Earth. Pathetic. <laughs> Makes me sad. So I'll probably take some ketamine. It's the most important depression treatment discovery in half a century, according to some. Ketamine, you may know, is a surgical, uh, uh, what do you call it, anesthetic or a party drug in some cases. Um, but uh, Johnson & Johnson's got a nasal spray formula that they're about to get approval from or will really soon, I guess. Um and they in in fairly limited tests, it's done really really well compared to conventional treatments and placebos. The rest of it, did you know? At least according to the uh, the medical writers at Business Insider, that something like eighty percent of people don't respond to current treatments for depression. No, I didn't know that. So one in fiver. 
Um, or at are least this t- says may not work well. Okay. I don't you know. If it but, works a little, I guess it works a little. I've seen the numbers for the number of people that are on Wellbutrin, Lexapro, all those different drugs. It's, Abilify, it's, Zoloft. It's gazillions of people. Yeah. So it can't be 80% of them is not working for them. Or, yeah, I wonder, you know, I'd, some of these terms probably could be defined a little better. But uh, ketamine works in a different way, too. I'm not going to get into the brain chemistry. Uh, you know, it's just a, probably drive off the road from boredom unless you're super into it. But um, it, it appears to be better for your brain, too. Um, than the standard stuff because the way it works, although nobody's used it over the long term. So nobody knows quite what it'll do to you if you take it for years and years. Um, But they think it's pretty good. Like any other drug, ketamine has a range of unpleasant side effects, the most troublesome of which appears to be a tendency to produce what are known as disassociative experiences, meaning out-of-body experiences. So I'm not depressed, but... But you think you're in Africa on a safari. I'm hallucinating. Yeah, more or less. Experts worry, of course, that's what experts do, that those effects could lead patients to either react negatively to the experience and not want to repeat it, or react positively and want to repeatedly use, potentially leading to a drug use disorder. Other side effects include dizziness, headache, blurred vision, and nausea, or what I call Sunday morning. hi all Dizzy, did you get it? Nah, never mind. <laughs> So uh, anyway, this could be uh, this could be really promising. I, th- you know what's funny to me, and and I keep thinking we've moved beyond this. But the idea of like MDMA, which is the uh, the chemically significant part of um, of uh, what do you call it, ecstasy, um, Molly, as uh, the kids call it, as they're frying their brains, um, and uh, the various treatments with marijuana, whether it's for you know pain or inflammation or whatever. The oh wait a minute, this is. A, this is a drug people used to get high. How can it have a medical use? I don't I don't understand. I'm hoping we're moving beyond that, for God's sake. I mean, number one, chemical compounds do all sorts of stuff. Viagra was a baldness treatment, wasn't it? Wasn't it baldness? I don't remember. It was something totally unrelated to boners, I'll tell you that, though. <laughs> well, Sorry to be so indelicate, folks. Uh, honey, I still don't have hair, but good news. <laughs> Certainly for me. Um, Not for everybody. So, uh, uh, number one, it it just shows an incredible lack of imagination or understanding of how, you know, drugs work. That something that makes you feel funny um, might also help with, you know, inflammation. But the other part of it is, folks, let's describe what recreational drug use is. It's somebody who's maybe not happy and wants to be happy. Or somebody who's reasonably happy who wants to be happier. Now, wait a minute. And now you're telling me that these drugs could be used for depression? In carefully controlled... I'm not following you. I mean, how stupid would you have to be? So uh, I appreciate them putting that in their article, uh, putting that in their article, because I suppose you have to. But at the same time, it's just, I get it. I get it. I understand. Yeah, sometimes people take a lot of it and get high. little of it might be useful, though. Like the stuff with PTSD that they're doing, I wish for God's sake, we've got all these veterans from wars recent and, and long ago who are struggling with these problems. And there's incredibly promising research with some of these uh, the drugs. But people are like, oh, no, you can't do that because it's a party drug. And maybe people use it to party or something. Oh, my God, the stupidity. Oi. So it's a pretty surprising since you brought it up that they haven't figured out the whole bald thing yet. They got to be spending a lot of money on it because, geez, you talk about a gold mine. They figured it out—a good hairpiece. 
<laughs> a good, well-manufactured hairpiece, Jack. Take it on, take it off at night. Wouldn't you think they'd be able to, with CRISPR or whatever, alter that one gene that, you know, whatever difference there is between people with male pattern baldness and people who don't have it? You'd think within a decade. Wouldn't I, you? I don't know what I would do if you showed up with Fabio hair one day. <laughs> I wonder if it'd be something that you could do once it's already... I don't have any idea. But I could I could easily see how they, they, they fix that somehow. Mm-hmm. It's a pill or they alter your genes or whatever. Sure. And then you go back and look at pictures of the old days, and they'll say, look, oh, wow, when people still got bald. Isn't that weird? Look at yeah. his head. Isn't that crazy? When there's nobody like that in right. the future. It's like uh, uh, I'm just Diane, our, our best Twitter follower. She, she tweeted a picture of a movie she was watching from the 90s. She said, I think this is the last major movie before everybody started whitening their teeth. Uh-huh. And then I had a picture of a couple of the stars with just kind of normal person yellowing teeth, yeah. which now looks weird. Yeah. Seeing movie stars with like... Re- Are with- they homeless? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that'll be the future. You'll see bald people in pictures. Like, wow, how, what a weird age that must have been. Well, and what of the, what of the time-honored uh, paradox that women with straight hair want it curled and women with curly yeah. hair want it straightened? You can just take yeah. a pill. Man, did I want Robert Plant hair. As a teenager and like early twenties guy, I wanted the big mop of curls, the rock and roll star curls. My wife had, my wife has naturally curly hair that people spend hundreds of dollars for and tries to get it straight all the time. Yep. yep. Just this is the way the world works. So cost of living escalating in the great state of California and across the Northwest as well. More and more homeless people. What to do about it? We're reaching a crisis stage. We'll talk to Scott Wilson of the Washington Post about it. There's a homeless problem? Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.